Greetings in the Lord Jesus. You could uh, turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, where we'll start this morning. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, just says this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to talk about the law of sowing and reaping. And uh, here you have it outlined very plainly in verse 7. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I've been thinking about this law some in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I wonder sometimes if we don't make too much of it, and by doing so we make too little of it. Well, let me see if I can explain what I mean. Uh, so we have our Sunday school lessons recently, and we talked about Saul and David, and so you looked at David and his sin, and he reaped. And we talk about the big and obvious things, and we forget about the fact that this law applies to just about everything. <laughs> the little things, too, and, and to us every day. Now we know it's not just a spiritual law, it's a physical law. If you sow wild oats, you'll reap them. <laughs> if you sow thistles, thistles will grow. If you sow to the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. Well, that's not exactly all physical, but anyway. If you sow corn, you get corn, not lima beans. And it's true spiritually, too. We often think of the negative side, and like I said, in our Sunday school lessons, we saw, saw one disobedience. He offered an offering, and Samuel told him, can't quote it. Back in 1 Samuel 13, I'll read a verse there and then one in a little later too. So if you want to turn to it, you can. First Samuel 13, 13, and Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. This was after... Saul forced himself and made that offering. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. One disobedience, the kingdom going. A couple chapters later, we know Samuel, or Saul didn't destroy the Amalekites like the Lord asked him to. And Samuel came to him again, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Well, that's sowing and reaping. We've talked about David a few chapters later in 2 Samuel. 
chapter 12, when Nathan came to him, told him that little story. Oh, in verse 9, down maybe to 13, you have the reaping that, that uh, Nathan told David was going to happen. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor. He shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Albeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. David sowed, he reaped. Interesting enough, Nathan said, there's one type of reaping that won't happen. Yes, you sinned, the penalty is death, but you will not die. God did have mercy there. But he didn't block out the, the rest of the reaping. Well, this law works not only negatively, it works positively. And we saw that in Galatians, if you sow to the Spirit, you reap to the Spirit. Joseph, though he was sold to Potiphar, and it talks about how he was faithful, and Potiphar put him in a position of authority, I guess we would call it. He sowed, he reaped. In the prison, it was the same way. When he showed himself faithful there, the prison, the prison keeper put him in charge. You could look at Daniel. He determined not to defile himself with the king's meat. He lived faithfully, and you don't find anything bad said about either Joseph or Daniel, basically. Uh, no negative reaping that you see. Well, not sure about Joseph. Sometimes you wonder if he wasn't a little proud there at the beginning. But anyway... The law of sowing and reaping goes far beyond those those biggie things that we think about, and I, that's what I what I said when I think sometimes we do it an injustice when we focus on those big things and don't think about life more generally. The law operates constantly, both positively and negatively, in our lives, and so the results are mixed. Every garden has weeds in it. Well, we don't plant them. At least we say we don't. But but if I went out to the goat pen and gathered up some goat manure and, and, and fertilized my plants in the garden with them, I did plant them because there's oodles of seeds in there. <laughs> so you reap what you sow. It comes up and you have to deal with it. You think about David. Yes, he sinned, and yes, he reaped. But think about all the good that David did, the way that he served the Lord, the way that he was faithful. He was a man after God's own heart. 
he reaped that too. Think about Samson. Was he a good man or not? Well, sometimes he exercised faith and he reaped. Sometimes he was selfish, self-willed, self-centered. It was obvious. And he reaped that too. When he went after self, (laughs) he reaped. There was a downfall. When he acted in faith, there was victory. He reaped. Think about Micaiah. Y'all remember him, the man who was, he was a prophet in prison in Israel, and Ahab called, well, Jehoshaphat came down to Ahab, and Ahab said, let's go up and fight against Syria, was it, I think? And Jehoshaphat said, don't you have a prophet here we can go to? And so all the prophets of Israel were saying, go up, go up, go up, you'll defeat them. And Jehoshaphat said, give us a, a prophet of Jehovah, though. And so Micaiah, they called him out of prison, and the man says, the man who went and got him said, you better prophesy good things. Micaiah was faithful. He told the king of Israel, you go up, you're going to be killed. Was he sowing good or bad? What happened to him? Put him in prison, give him bread and water. Did he reap good or not? Well, he reaped what you reap when you tell a king bad news. So yes, sowing and reaping works. In the end, although we know he reaped good, he was faithful. But I had to think, you know, sowing and reaping can be a little mixy, depending whether you're talking about human relationships and the way that works, and or whether you're talking about faithfulness to God. But it's always an operation. It's always an operation even in our relationships. You could go to Hebrews chapter 11 the faith heroes there. Think about them. You get toward the end of the chapter. Okay, verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So all Jericho had heard about these Israelites coming and how Jehovah had delivered them across, out of Egypt, across the Red Sea and all of that, and they were fearful. Rahab sowed something a little different. She had the opportunity and she acted in faith and she reaped. Verse 32, and what more can I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. All right, through faith they reaped, they subdued kingdoms, they wrought righteousness, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions, they quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant and fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. By faith, by acting in faith, they reaped. They were rewarded. You go on from there, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection, and others had trial 
of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. They acted in faith, and they reaped, too, persecution. Well, goes on to say in verse 39, and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. We know that they got the reward anyway. They reaped. There was an ultimate reaping and they reaped it. Verse 35 mentions that too, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And so that, too, is, is sowing and reaping at work. Here, <laughs> maybe our reaping might be mixed. You might be persecuted. You might suffer. But by being faithful, we can expect to reap eternal life. All right. And so the law of sowing and reaping, in one sense, it's just life, okay? It's the way life works. It's a spiritual law. Yes, it is. It's a physical law. You can't get away from it. I don't think we would want to get away from it if we could. We live in it daily, just like we do gravity. We uh, operate under that law and uh, are used to it. It works. I was thinking, in, in the physical world, there's Newton's law, Newton's third law of motion, and I couldn't have said what the first two are, but this one was kind of came to mind. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Basically, the same idea as sowing and reaping. Sometimes we just talk about cause and effect. Do this, and that happens. So, you know, we could put... Cedric up the bat in a softball game and uh, the pitcher hitches it and he hits that ball. What happens? The ball goes. Cause and effect, right? An equal and opposite. It has that effect on that ball. Okay, makes sense. We know that. Maybe he got a little bit of a hurry and he swung too soon and the ball kind of plips off the end of the bat and rolls over there. <laughs> Same ball. Cause and effect, call it whatever you want. The next time he's a little heated up, now he's going to hit that ball good. And he ends up with an air ball. Steve Reich. <laughs> ball didn't do anything strange, did it? Maybe it gave just a little when the wind went by. I don't know. You want to reap a good hit every time? Well, you practice. You, uh, Get your brother to pitch to you and you practice your stance. You got to place your feet right and you hold the bat right and you keep your back elbow up and you keep your level swing and you swing level and you put your whole body into it and you sow some things, you'll reap something, right? We say practice makes perfect. Well, it's just the law of sowing and reaping. <laughs> Again, in a little different way. And that's true of anything you want to learn to do well. 
you learn the proper technique and you practice, you reap what you sow. But thinking about Cedric swinging at that ball or else putting a lot of practice into it, that illustrates to me anyway the difference between Newton's law, the, the equal and opposite reaction happens right now. When the ball hits the bat, it goes. When you plant the seed, you sit down and you watch it, right? And what happens? Nothing. I mean, that's what it looks like. You can't see it, but it's working. It's in effect. The practice, you know, you get out there and you practice. Well, you may not see the, you don't see, okay, you want to learn Spanish? You have to practice. And you can put weeks into it and think you're not getting anywhere. And you could put years into it and wonder if you're getting anywhere, but oh, you know, I can understand more than I used to. I can, I can even speak more than I used to. There's some reaping for the sowing. Well, I haven't sowed as well as I should because I don't have time, but anyway. So, well, we need to think about spiritual things. It all works there, too. It involves time. It involves growth. All right, most of us have had a garden at one time or another. And uh, so we've developed some ways to take some of the work out of it, right? So we go out to Nathan's and they have it covered this deep with mulch or whatever, and you just plant in that. You don't have to pull as many weeds, right? Mm -hmm. But it did take a good bit of work to get it that way, actually. So yeah, there's still work involved, right? <laughs> Sowing, growing, involves work. You don't plant weeds either, right? <laughs> Do they come up? Occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. It, it takes some work sometimes to keep the weeds out. And it seems like they come automatically, especially if you don't have a good ground cover like they have right now. In our garden, they'd come. Well, let's see. We've got a pretty good cover right now, too. The weeds just come. You don't have to do anything for them. All you have to do is shake a dandelion over the garden, and you've got a garden full of them. I mean, a, a fuzzy dandelion. And I had to think, well, you know, it's a little that way with life, too. We make a wrong decision. We plant a wrong seed. We think wrong thoughts. It's surprising how those things grow. But if you want to reap a good crop, it takes some effort. So the law of sowing and reaping, like I said, it's just life. We operate by it. We expect cause and effect to happen. We know, well, we'll keep going here. I don't have these points, if you call them that in any real good order. I'm just a number of things I was thinking about. God sometimes fast-forwarded the law of sowing and reaping. Sometimes it became more of the Newton's law, I guess. You think about Achan. God told those people, don't touch that stuff in that city. And he did. 
Well, we know the story. There was Ananias and Sapphira. They pretended to sell their property and give all the money to the church. and Just like that. They were cut off. And, and I think God does that, did that occasionally, probably still does, to illustrate to his people, to remind his people that what he says must be listened to. What he says makes a difference. You can't do wrong and get by. Human tendency is to think, if I can get away with it and nothing happens, I'm okay. That's not true. The seed's growing, and it will bring forth fruit. Ecclesiastes says this, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. We think that we can do wrong, and it's getting away with it, so it's okay. Well, it's not okay. The law is at work. It will be at work. It's growing. It's going to make a difference. You're going to reap. Just like when you plant that seed and you can't see anything happening. Doesn't mean it's not happening. Now, the, the same is true on the good side. Don't forget that either. We can plant the good and sometimes we think we're not making any progress. We just need to believe God and keep on anyway. All right, well, people, people use the law of sowing and reaping all the time for, to, make, to succeed. You want to have worldly success? You want to make money? Well, okay, plant good seed. You set a goal, and you do the things that make for making money, and you keep working toward it, then you can su succeed. That's what they tell you all the time, and, and generally in America it's true. If you really want to set out to do something like that, you can. If you've got, if you put into it what's necessary to make it happen. Of course, what they don't tell you is there's a spiritual, <laughs> there are spiritual things going on there too, and that's a different set of sowing and reaping, and uh, that is growing the same just as surely. It works negatively too. You can sit at home and go on welfare and all of that, and well, you reap that too. It's almost a, it's almost a joke in society about grown men living at home and living off their parents and not working and that kind of thing. Now it's just so much a part of society. You want to do well in school? Well, you have to sow some things. You want to just get by? Well, you can just get by, but you're sowing some things that grow. And you don't always realize the reaping until a lot later. There's sowing and reaping going on all the time in our lives, all the time. If you get in there and do your best consistently, constantly, There's a sowing and a reaping and a growing that's going on there that uh, will, will result in a harvest that will be good for you, will glorify the Lord. 
somewhere along the way I wanted to mention that really is the crop we're looking for that God be glorified well okay life spiritual life is built around this law of sowing and reaping it's always an operation and we do well to not forget that so God told Adam in the day that you eat of this tree you'll reap he told Cain if thou doest well if you sow good <laughs> shalt thou not be accepted but if thou doest not well if you sow bad seed sin lies at the door that's life 1 Samuel chapter 2 God sent a messenger to Eli who had been sowing and reaping just like sowing and reaping all his life already still was <clears throat> last part of the verse has always been a a challenge to me for them that honor me I will honor okay God says you honor me I will honor you so <laughs> one type of thing you reap another they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed you sow another type of thing you reap another type of thing that's life and you notice the earlier part of the verse God says wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever this is what I told you Eli your house was going to walk before me forever told your fathers that but now the Lord saith be it far from me did God change his mind sounds like it doesn't it no he didn't change his mind he's just as faithful as ever he never changes his mind but this is the law in action you sow to the flesh you're going to reap to the flesh doesn't matter if you're the priest the bishop the minister whoever if you go away from God it's going to lead to a wrong result it did for Eli you do what's right <laughs> going to lead to a right result I often think about that back in first Peter where it talks about well I'll just read it to you unto you therefore which believe he is precious Jesus is precious but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builders disallowed the same as made the head of the corner and the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto they also were appointed now you read that and it sounds like especially if you're just a little bit Calvinist anyway it sounds like that God appointed some people to be disobedient well no he didn't what he appointed was that when you are disobedient you will stumble at the word even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed this is the law of sowing and reaping the way it works if you are disobedient you're going to stumble at the word can't help it it will be that way no God doesn't change and it's because he doesn't 
that the law of sowing and reaping always carries through. And when you stop and, and, and think about it, the scripture is full of the law of sowing and reaping. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, just for one small example. It's a familiar passage. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Here's what you need to sow. And then verse 2, the reaping for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Remember my law, keep my commandments, your days will be longer, you'll have peace. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them upon thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. Here's the sowing. Verse 4, the reaping, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. That's the sowing, the reaping, and he shall direct thy paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. That's the sowing, the reaping. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones, medicine to thy navel. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. And the reaping, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Well, that's Old Testament, but uh, there's some New Testament truth there too. And the scripture is full of commands, full of promises, where God says, do this, and I'll do that. And sometimes he doesn't say, and I'll do that. Sometimes it's just the command. But if we obey it, we're sowing something that we will reap. If we disobey it, we're sowing something that we will reap. If we obey from the heart what we know, God will bless us, even though the world might not, even though the world might treat us pretty bad, even though it might persecute us. And what shall we reap if we are persecuted for righteousness' sake? Great is your reward in heaven, Jesus said. And I was just kind of thinking down through some of the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light so shine before men, and you'll reap. People will glorify God. He'll be glorified on your behalf. Go into your closet and pray in secret. What shall you reap? What well, doesn't say exactly? It says the Lord will reward you openly, though. Same or close by there. Do your giving secretly. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand will do or is doing. God rewards openly. Fast in secret. God rewards openly. Make it a practice to be merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Why? They're going to reap mercy. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? I forgot. What? Thank you. I didn't write these down. They shall see God. And you can go right down through the Beatitudes and see the sowing and the reaping that takes place.
stay your mind on Jehovah. What did the Sunday school lesson say? In that last verse, second to last verse or so. And he will keep you in perfect peace. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. I don't know if that's the sowing and reaping or if that's the equal and opposite reaction. I think if we draw nigh to God, he comes right away. But anyway, ask what you will in my name. So, and you'll reap. And so, then I got to thinking, what well, can the law of sowing and reaping be avoided? Nullified? Ezekiel 18 says several times, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Any of y'all ever sinned? But we know that. Okay, the sowing is the sin, the reaping is death. But we also know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we confess and forsake, he forgives. He that covers his sins, if you sow that way, you shall not prosper, Proverbs says. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And so, in a, in a sense, we could say that when I repent and come to the Lord, yes, that nullifies the death penalty, the, the sowing that's supposed to happen to sin. It does. Except that even that is sowing and reaping because God said, if you repent and confess your sins, I'll forgive you. Okay, y'all need to go home and think some more about sowing and reaping. <clears throat> when God forgives, he removes the penalty for sin, eternal death. And he does far more than that, I'm sure. Um, I think if we knew everything that God kept from us that we deserve, we'd be more thankful, we'd be more praiseful. And not just forgiveness of sins, but some of the reaping that goes with those sins. And I don't think God takes all that away. But I wonder if he doesn't take away more than we realize sometimes. I was thinking about that. I mean, David... David Okay, we can we dare not go back and, and presumptuously sin once God has, has forgiven us. We just can't do that. Well, we okay, so we probably do it anyway, but somehow we need to, to get a hold of the enormity of, of what that is doing and not just because of the reaping that's going to come from it, but simply because this is it's slapping God in the face and but I think about David and everything that God said about him and that would happen. And then you look at the rest of his life after that. And it just could make you cry almost. And, and I, 
was thinking about that this morning and thinking about my mom and you know, she was a young Christian and she backslid and she married this non-Christian man who drank put you in a spot because if she hadn't I wouldn't be here uh, <laughs> but anyway she reaped for years it, there were lots of difficult things and I think one of the reasons I cried after she died was just thinking about everything she had reaped all those years how difficult some of those things were but like I said I'm not sorry I'm here so <laughs> anyway God can bring good even out of wrong choices but you know God didn't when she came back to the Lord there was no way to to say that doesn't count anymore she had to live with it and some reaping has to be done that way David had to live with it it's what was there and some of that I think we're sure was, was reaping from his less than ideal parenting practices he'd never told Adonijah not to act that way the Bible says that much at least so And so, on the other hand, then, I think there, are, there is much that God doesn't make us reap that we might have to otherwise when we come to him. So, anyway. All right. Plus, there's a place for chastisement for all of us. We're all sons and daughters. Not bastards, the way it talks about there in Hebrews. And so, yes, we have... We're not illegitimate, so God does chastise us. And, and I'm not quite sure how all that fits together with sowing and reaping. But a loving father implement, implements measures to bring his children into obedience. And thinking about like my mom for example I don't think God was punishing her for that wrong mistake that's not the point when you make wrong choices they bring results when you plant wrong seeds the seeds grow I'm sure that a lot of those experiences God used for correction and, and trying to help her to grow that's life, too. Well, okay, anyway, we thought some about sowing and reaping. I don't have all the explanations. I do have a warning. Be careful. What you plant will grow. What you sow, you will reap. That's the law. But I also have an encouragement. <laughs> plant good seed. Sow to the Spirit make right choices you reap those too constantly consistently always choose to, to honor the Lord and do what's right and you'll never be sorry the, the planting that we do today in this moment affects tomorrow and again the sowing isn't something that we just do in the spring and take care of in the fall for us it's 
it's simply the way we live today. This moment right now is the important one. Will I plant? What will I plant? Because it's going to grow. You have the choice <laughs> what the reaping will be. I was thinking about that and I was thinking about an old poem book we have at home, or I had at home when I was growing up, and I I looked at this poem and it's kind of a dumb poem. It was a man who thought he was somebody, I think. It's called Invictus. But the last two lines he says, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Oh, really? No. But here I am telling you, you have the choice what you're going to plant and what's going to grow. It's a little different than what he was saying. Uh, anyway, but we do have the choice. We can plant the kind of stuff that we want to reap. Let's do it. Let's have a song. <laughs>